Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know it's becoming more and more difficult to get visibility on social media organically. While lots of people did well during the pandemic years, especially with Reels and TikTok, even if you caught that wave, you've probably been seeing lower reach over the last few months. And sure, there are lots of hacks out there for beating the algorithm, but rarely do I ever hear anyone say they actually work. Not to be a cynic, but I think the hack is sharing those hacks as content because everyone is trying to get more visibility on social media or telling random people they too can make money from anywhere. You picking up what I'm putting down? I just aged myself with that statement, didn't I? So here's the thing. We can't really control our organic reach on social. Sure, we can engage more on the platform, be more consistent, share better content, and try and use trending content to get more visibility. But what if we shifted our mindset around it instead? What if, instead of putting all of our focus on beating the algorithm, we did a better job of taking advantage of the visibility we are getting? What if we were just more intentional about encouraging the people who do see our stuff to take the action we want them to take? What if we put more time and energy into the things we can control and use our time, energy, and resources for things that actually move the needle? And I say we because, well, I have to be better at doing this too. So first, I want to talk a bit high level about how you can reframe your thoughts around this and what you should focus on, and then we'll get into some more tactical, actionable things. To start, let's focus on serving the people who do show up and engage. I'm not the most woo-woo person, but I do believe that the more we focus on the negative or the things that we don't have, and when we operate from a place of lack, as they say, we just feel more lack. So first, let's pour into the people who are showing up, who are engaging, who do want to hear more from us, who do want to buy from us, and let's make it as easy for them to do those things as possible. And just like I remind you about email, not every post is about people running to your website to make a sale. Sometimes it's just reminding people that you exist so that when they are ready to buy a product like yours, you're the first person they think of. Next, let's make sure we have a solid system to get them off of Instagram and onto our email list. Now, I say Instagram, but this is true for any social platform, though from what I've seen, it's actually easier to get people to take action from Instagram than it is from TikTok, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Also, 
let's not rely solely on any one platform to drive our entire business. We need to diversify our marketing strategy. We need to lean into and double down on the things that do work instead of always fighting against the things that don't. Sure, there is always an opportunity to do better, to optimize, but not at the expense of something else that will actually contribute to your goals. And then lastly, Let's stop trying to run our business in a silo from behind our computers and use our collective power to make more impact on all of these channels. There are a ton of other amazing small business owners out there who are struggling with the same things you are. How can you work together to lift each other up, to get you in front of more people, to give potential customers a reason to be excited and engage with your brand? This idea is one of the reasons I'm so obsessed with the Goodbye platform. If you didn't hear last week's episode, definitely go check it out. And if you initially tried to install it after the episode and it wasn't available, they've remedied that and it's back in the Shopify app store. Part of Goodbye's mission is bringing together small businesses so they can band together and rise up. Like they said, the best supporters of small businesses are other small businesses. So let's get out there and engage with each other, support each other, and partner together. So here are some practical ways you can implement these ideas in your business. Let's talk about engagement. It seems like a no-brainer, but truth be told, we're not all doing a great job at it. So in addition to the basics like responding to comments in a timely manner, engaging on your followers' profiles, and answering your DMs, create more opportunities for your followers to engage with you. The easiest way to do that on Instagram? Stories. Not only are stories less algorithmic, but they're a lot simpler to create and give you so many different ways to engage with your audience. Question stickers, polls, reactions, all of these tools are right there at your fingertips. Truth be told, I was terrible at posting stories for a long time, but I've recently been intentional about posting there more often and giving my viewers something to engage with. And what I've seen is that as more people engage with my stories, the more they're seeing things I post in my feed, and I know this because I can see them engaging on those feed posts when they weren't before. You see, all of that engagement is a signal to Instagram that this person wants to see what you're posting, which makes it more likely your feed posts will show up in their feeds. It works similarly to a user's email inbox. I've talked about this on the podcast before, how to make sure your emails don't land in spam. It's episode 131 if you want to take a listen. In that episode, I explain how everyone's inbox is different. And what hits spam for one person isn't necessarily hitting spam for someone else. A lot of it has to do with how that user engages with your emails. The same is true for Instagram. Those people who engage with you the most are the most likely to see your content. So let's give them lots of reasons and opportunities to engage. For the next 30 days, commit to posting three stories per day one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one at the end of day. A few tips to keep in mind. Try and make sure each one has some sort of engagement sticker or a reason why a viewer would reply. When asking questions, 
Limit how often you ask open-ended questions, as these typically get fewer responses. People don't have time or the mental space to think about the questions they want to ask you or the answers they want to give. So yes or no questions, polls, those will usually do better. For example, instead of asking someone what they want to see for new products, ask them if they'd rather see product category A or product category B. Include at least one per day that includes your face or someone's face that's related to your brand. And don't rely on your existing feed posts to fill up those three daily stories. If you have feed items you want to share, make that a bonus for the day, not a replacement. Mix up your content type so people don't get bored. People probably don't want to watch 10 slides of your talking head. Keep it more real and raw and give people a glimpse into what it's actually like to be you. Show them behind the scenes. Let them see your messy warehouse. Let them see your cat trying to lay on your keyboard or your dog trying to jump on your lap. And don't be afraid to repeat yourself. If you have a new product launch or just something that you're promoting right now, talk about it every single day. All right, so here are some Instagram story post ideas. A picture of you with your morning coffee and a checklist of your to-do list. Use a question sticker to ask them how they take their coffee or what their favorite Starbucks drink is. Unpack your newest shipment and show them your three favorite items and add a poll so they can vote on their favorite. Tell them about an upcoming product launch and invite them to sign up for your email or SMS list to be the first to know. Use the link sticker to direct them to your landing page. Share an upcoming live shopping event or product launch and use the countdown sticker so they can set a reminder. Show how to style or use a specific product and feature that product in your story with the product sticker. Ask them if they've ever shopped with you and DM everyone who votes no with a special offer to make their first purchase. Host an AMA about a launch, a topic you're an expert in, or even a personal thing. Use the question sticker so people can submit them and then answer them throughout the day. Use strategic questions to overcome objections people might have about whatever it is you're promoting, and you can answer your own question box so that you can repost it with the answer. Show them pictures of items you are thinking about creating or bringing into the store and use the poll sticker so they can vote on their favorites. Use the guides feature on Instagram to create a curated collection of products from your shop. Talk about it in your stories and use the link sticker to send them directly to that guide. And then the last one, share your pets. That's it. Just share your pets. Okay, so let's talk about how to utilize these platforms to grow your email and SMS list so we have more direct access to our people. The number one thing to remember is that we have to be intentional about it. Sticking a link in our bio and hoping people will take action is not enough. We've got to be diligent about telling people what to do and asking them to do it. Make a commitment to ask for the sign up at least two to three times per week. You want to naturally weave it into your content and ask in different ways so it doesn't always feel like you're asking. Of course, you need a reason for people to sign up. 
That might be a quiz, a discount, an upcoming launch, a special offer that's going out only to email subscribers, an educational PDF download, and it's okay to have multiple reasons for people to sign up. In fact, that's great because what motivates one person might not motivate another. Then you've got to talk about it a lot. This is honestly my number one tip, but here are some other ideas. One of my email friends will always tease her upcoming weekly email in her stories. She'll give people just enough info about what's inside to pique their interest and then encourages them to sign up so they don't miss out. She typically sends her emails on Fridays and will tease it one or two days before. Product launches are one of my favorite ways to grow an email list for an e-commerce business. I talk all about this strategy in episode 127 of the podcast. You can also use giveaways or sweepstakes to grow your list. These aren't my favorite way because it does bring people who just want free stuff. But as long as you're diligent in cleaning your list afterwards, you can absolutely use them in your list growth strategy. If you do want to use giveaways, consider using a tool like ManyChat. Not only does it gamify the process for your audience, but it automates the email collection part. And you can get 30 days of pro for free with my link, which is in the show notes. And then check out episode 109 to learn how to use ManyChat to implement a giveaway strategy on Instagram. Oh, and one more thing, that email friend who always teases her email, the day her email goes out, she also posts a story to say, hey, did you see my email today? It's a great way to remind people to go check their inbox and open it. And she always gets a flurry of additional opens from that story. All right, so let's talk about not putting all your eggs into the Instagram basket. If you're noticing a decline in reach, web visits, and conversions from Instagram or whatever other social platforms you're using, it might be time to shift your energy. Not that you have to abandon the platform altogether, hence the strategies I just walked through, but maybe it's time to consider other marketing and revenue channels. What that looks like for you is going to depend on your business, of course but it could be expanding your bestsellers to a marketplace, starting wholesale, doing some in-person events, partnering with some other small businesses, which we're going to talk about in a bit. And if you're having resistance to any of these ideas, let me tell you a little story. Here's the story of a lovely lady who is bringing up a very lovely business. Okay, that didn't work. If you know what that reference is, please DM me on Instagram and let me know. So a client of mine and a student in the lounge was trying to decide how she wanted to structure and grow her business. We were talking through the options of what her business could look like to hit the goals she wanted. And she kept coming back to the fact that she really just wanted to keep it on the smaller side, the lifestyle business. She didn't want to hire a bunch of employees or find a manufacturer for her hand-poured candles. It just wasn't sitting right. She also had this weird resistance to wholesale. We were talking through it on a velvet rope call, and she was telling me how another business friend who was encouraging her to do wholesale had given her the idea to make her minimum increment equal to shipping one box of candles. So if she can fit 12 of her box candles perfectly into the shipping box to only sell them in increments of 12, ultimately making the process a lot simpler for her. 
She continued to talk about how easy it would be for her to fulfill the orders, how many candles she can pour in a month while still enjoying her life compared to how many she needs to sell to hit her goals. Her products were properly priced to allow a wholesale margin. She was essentially talking herself into doing wholesale. She just needed to say it out loud to someone, you know? Anyway, I think it was about two weeks after that call where she messaged me to say, once I admitted to myself that I was leaving money on the table with wholesale and was resisting it for no good reason and said it out loud to you, I closed four new retailers in one week. So look, not every revenue channel is going to be the right one for you. You have to decide what you want your business to look like and what makes sense for your products. But if you've been resistant to something in the past, it might be time to reconsider. And you know what? Maybe it's not necessarily about diversifying your sales or marketing channels, at least not right now. Maybe it's about optimizing what you already have. It's a lot easier to sell to an existing customer than it is to find a new one. That might look like sending more damn emails to your existing list, working on raising your average order value, investing some time into SEO, or all of the above. Don't try and do it all at once though, okay? Either do it one at a time or hire someone to help you. You can actually learn more about how to figure out who and when to hire on BizBite episode 221. This might also look like going deeper into your marketing campaigns overall. Think about the last product you launched or the last gift-giving holiday that made sense for your business. Did you really do all you could do to create hype and excitement around it? Creating a really solid omni-channel marketing campaign is a great way to take full advantage of the people who are already paying attention. And if you're not sure what that should look like, check out episode 193. You might also want to consider paying to play. I know it's annoying. Why should you have to pay to get in front of an audience that has already raised their hand and said they wanted to see your shit? Well, because it's not your platform. Because they have to pay a lot of smart people with specialized skills to build, maintain, and innovate their platform. Because they have to line the CEO's pockets. And because it's technically their audience. Whether or not you want to pay for exposure on a social platform is completely up to you. But it's definitely one of those don't hate the player, hate the game type situations. It just is what it is. It's a lot like working in corporate or being in politics, I imagine. Sometimes you just got to play the game to get what you need. It's not fun. It doesn't always feel good. Sometimes you feel like you're sacrificing your principles. But sometimes it's a means to an end. And you get to decide if you're good with that or not. All I can say is that if your end goal is to make more revenue in your business so you can put more money in your pocket and ultimately use that money for good, maybe playing the game ain't so bad. If paying to play is something you're interested in exploring, I have a couple of resources for you. I'm not an ads expert, but we do have Nicole Dietrich, an ad strategist, as my co-host in The Lounge, which includes Facebook ads training and support. She focuses a lot on lead generation ads and conversion. My friend Katie White teaches her zero waste social system, which includes using paid ads to boost the visibility of your organic content. She's been on the podcast before and she has a course where she teaches you how to do everything. I'll stick links in the show notes for the podcast episode and my affiliate link for the course. And of course, one of the 
best things you can do for your business, no matter what stage you're at, is by getting in front of other people's audiences through collaboration. This could be a giveaway, a product bundle, a brand new product that you create together. It could be as simple as swapping shout outs in emails or inserts and shipments. It can be a group gift guide where you all feature each other's products. It can be educational content that you share with each other's audiences. There are so many ways to collaborate together. We're not going to go through the how to do XYZ to execute a collaboration today, but I do want to give you some things to think about and some tips to help you along the way. First off, you can't be afraid to be the one to reach out. I know that this personally holds me back a lot. I mentioned it on the episode with Kara and Carrie of Goodbye. I initially hesitated to reach out because I figured they were this big, huge business and they weren't going to see value in my tiny niche podcast. Turns out they're just a small but mighty team of eight people. The founders work in the day-to-day of the business and they answered my inquiry pretty much immediately. The same thing happened when I reached out to TikTok strategist Wave Wild about doing a guest workshop in the lounge membership. Every other small business, no matter how big they look on the outside, is often struggling with the same things you are. They're looking for more visibility. They feel lonely behind their computer all the time. They are afraid to reach out to other people about a potential collaboration. A few months ago, I was working with a client on her email, and we talked about her potentially doing some collaborations for her business. She hadn't really thought about it before, but was intrigued by the idea. So she reached out, I think it was like five or 10 people, and they pretty much all said yes. And here's the thing. If you reach out to someone, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? They're not going to answer your email and you're going to feel a little dumb. But guess what? I feel dumb every single day. And I was just having this conversation on a podcast guest spot I recorded We're always getting in our own way. And ultimately, you don't get what you don't ask for. All right. So now that we've got that out of the way, here are some other things you'll want to consider and have in place before you reach out. One, have a general idea of what you want to do. Just like you, these business owners are likely overworked, overwhelmed, and have a lot on their plate. Not that you're not open to their ideas and suggestions, but you want to make it a really easy yes for them. Don't make them think unless they have to. Two, be prepared to do the work. Because you're the one reaching out, you'll want to make sure you actually have the time to execute it, whether it means creating landing pages, creating graphics, setting up a tool like ManyChat to automate list growth, and maybe even writing marketing copy. You want it to be as done for them as possible, so all they have to do is show up. Three, focus on going deep versus wide at first. As you've heard me say time and time again, consumers need multiple touches before they take action on something. So partnering with someone one time might not have the impact you're looking for. Instead, create a deeper relationship with a handful of other businesses so that you can consistently support each other and your audience gets used to seeing this other person in front of them. Four, keep it simple in the beginning. Depending on the nature of your business, you might not want to create a brand new product together off the bat, especially if you don't know each other that well. 
I've always said you don't really know someone until you live with or work with them, so don't propose marriage on the first collaboration. Have a few dates first with some easier to execute and less committal projects. Make sure you enjoy working with that person that you guys mesh before you go too deep. Five, take advantage of technology to make it easier. What technology you need will depend on what you're trying to do, but lean on it when you can. For instance, using the collab post feature on Instagram, using ManyChat, using an app to connect your Shopify store so you can drop ship for one another, setting up an affiliate program so you can earn commission on purchases that you send to each other, or maybe you just use a specific giveaway platform so that everything is in a central place. All right, friends, in case I lost you somewhere along the way, here's a reminder to come back so we can wrap this up with a little recap. The main thing I want you to take away from today's conversation is that instead of continually trying to push a square peg in a round hole and putting all of your energy into what isn't working or what you can't control, is to instead double down on what does work. Better serve the people who are already there and then lean into things you haven't already tried. Of course, you can't quit something after one try or three days and say, this doesn't work for me. There's definitely a balance. But when you really do start seeing the writing on the wall, just try something else. There is no one way to run or grow your business. Social media is not the end-all be-all of marketing. And rarely is there going to be one silver bullet that changes the entire game for you. Yes, it happens, but that's the exception, not the rule. Typically, it's the compounding of many small things that leads to the biggest growth. Before we go, would you do me a quick favor? Share this episode with another biz friend you know needs to hear it. Or take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and share it on Instagram. I'd love to get this podcast in the ears of as many small business owners as possible. I would so, so appreciate it. And that's a wrap, friends. I hope you found this helpful and inspiring. Don't forget to check the show notes for all the episodes and resources I mentioned today. Thank you again for spending your time with me. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.